CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode of Markets Daily is sponsored by CME Group. It's Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. And this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. My name is Noel Acheson, Coindesk collaborator and author of the Crypto is Macro Now newsletter on Substack. On today's show, we're talking about Ether, Hong Kong, jobs and more. So you don't miss an episode, be sure to follow the podcast on your platform of choice. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. The launch of the crypto market's first US-listed Ether futures funds yesterday did little to lift spirits. After rising in early trading, Bitcoin drifted lower throughout the rest of the day, and today so far, it has been holding steady. According to data from Coindesk Indices, at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, Bitcoin was trading at $27,434, down 3.5% over the past 24 hours. Ether weakened by even more, trading almost 4% lower at $1,655. In a moment, we'll discuss the underwhelming results of the Ether Fund launch day. One thing to point out is that Bitcoin's price is still higher than it was heading into the weekend. In other words, it has not yet completely unwound Sunday's sharp jump and is currently almost 2.5% up on early Saturday morning. Ether, on the other hand, is half a percent lower. Today, we got a fresh batch of job market data for the US with the Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey, known as JOLTS. This tells us how many job openings there are each month, how many workers were hired, how many quit their job, how many were laid off, and so on, and is a key indicator of labor market tightness. It came in way higher than expected. The consensus forecast was for 8.8 million job openings reported. The actual figure came in at 9.6 million. This suggests that job market tightness is not abating, not even close, which complicates the fight against inflation and makes higher interest rates in the US more likely. In reaction, US yields jumped by even more, gold fell, and the dollar did some seesawing. Moving over to stocks, the jolt to interest rate expectations, that's see what I did there, sent US indices lower. As of 10.20 Eastern Time, the S&P and Dow Jones were down roughly 1%, with Nasdaq down more than 1.4%. This kind of sharp reaction to economic data is typical, and things could calm down as the day progresses. Markets are jittery, though. US stocks were mixed yesterday, with the S&P flat, Nasdaq up almost 7 tenths of a percent, and the Dow Jones down 2 tenths. 
The fact that the S&P did not have a good day yesterday in spite of the US government shutdown being avoided shows just how cautious investors are feeling. The flat performance is also in spite of August manufacturing data coming in much better than expected. This was good news, and yet the market was still nervous. The US 10-year Treasury yield today has reached almost 4.8% for the first time in 15 years. In Europe, stock indices are also heading down fast. Yesterday, the German DAX, the French CAC 40 and the Eurostock 600 all lost roughly 1% and have continued lower today, losing another 1%. In Asia, Japan's Nikkei index dropped more than 1.6% in today's trading, partly in sympathy with stocks pretty much everywhere and partly because concern about the exchange rate is ratcheting up. One thing to keep an eye on is potential intervention by the Japanese central bank to defend the currency. The yen-US dollar exchange rate is a hair's breadth away from the key 150 level for the first time since last October. Back then, the central bank intervened by selling dollars and buying yen. This sent the DXY dollar index tumbling over the next couple of months. It is not clear whether the Bank of Japan will do the same this time. But if it did, it could have a significant impact on global markets. A weaker dollar, in theory, would be good for crypto prices, as Bitcoin and the dollar often move inversely. It should also receive some pressure on commodities and other currencies. Speaking of commodities, the Brent crude benchmark continued to fall in early trading as the supply outlook is becoming more complicated. Yesterday, the Turkish energy minister said that a pipeline channeling supply from Iraq would reopen this week. It had closed in March due to a payment dispute. According to Bloomberg, an Iraq official has cast doubts on this timeline, so who knows? Traders are apparently also getting concerned about the impact on demand of a global economic slowdown. Over the past few hours, however, Brent has been clawing back some of its recent decline and earlier today was trading at $91.5 per barrel. It is still down 1.8% on the week and up almost 3% on the month. Gold continued to retrace, earlier today hitting its lowest price since the beginning of March. It is currently trading at around $1,820 per ounce, down six-tenths of a percent over the past 24 hours. Stay tuned. After the break, we'll be talking about yesterday's disappointing Ether Futures ETF debut and Hong Kong's evolving crypto market. CME Group cryptocurrency futures and options provide market-leading liquidity for Bitcoin and Ether trading. These cash-settled contracts give full exposure to crypto performance without the hassle of holding the physical position. No digital wallet? No problem. Trade nearly 24-7 in a transparent CFTC-regulated market. Visit cmegroup.com slash crypto to learn more. This communication is not directed to investors of any specific jurisdiction or to recipients based in jurisdictions in which distribution is not permitted. It cannot be considered investment advice or results of market experience. Past results are not indicative of future performance. Trading derivatives products involves the risk of loss. Please consider it carefully. Full disclaimer included in show notes. Welcome back. In this section, we talk about crypto transactions in Hong Kong. But before we get to that, yesterday we promised you more detail on the launch of the first Ether Futures ETFs. And here you have it. It was a very lackluster debut. Total trading volume of the listed Ether Futures ETFs failed to reach $2 million, which is tiny. Most of this was in the ProShares Ether Strategy ETF, which can be declared the winner of the day with trading volume of almost $900,000. 
ProShares is also the manager of the market's largest Bitcoin futures ETF. VanEck seems to be in second place, with trading volume of just over $400,000, although around half of this came within the first hour of trading. This is despite VanEck having a much lower expense ratio, which is basically the fees investors pay. It is also despite VanEck's commitment to donate 10% of profits earned on the fund to Ethereum developers, which will certainly win at some points among the Ethereum community. It goes to show, perhaps, that investors tend to choose convenience over savings, and that they tend to be more comfortable with large market firms than with specialists. Bitwise, the only pure crypto issuer in the mix yesterday, raked in trading volume of $72,000 for its Ether Futures Fund, while its mixed Bitcoin Ether Fund did just over $100,000. Unsurprisingly, we've already seen one exit announcement. Yesterday, Volatility Shares confirmed the decision to indefinitely postpone the launch of its Ether Futures product. This is poignant, since Volatility Shares started this whole thing by being the first to file back in July. Also, as far as I know, Hashdex didn't start trading yesterday either. Next, heading across the Pacific, blockchain forensics firm Chainalysis published a report yesterday detailing the types of transactions handled by crypto platforms across Eastern Asia. The three most active markets in the region, according to Chainalysis, are, in descending order, South Korea, Japan, and China. Hong Kong is in fifth position, not far behind Taiwan, even though it has less than a third of Taiwan's population. Also, Hong Kong dominates the region in terms of institutional trading. According to the report, almost half of Hong Kong's crypto transaction volume is of large institutional size, that is, transactions greater than $10 million. For South Korea, in contrast, the weight is less than 30%. It's worth noting that this data was measured before Hong Kong's crypto framework entered into law this summer. It's not a stretch to assume that the jurisdiction's crypto relevance in the region has grown even more since then. That's it for today's show. You can reach us at podcasts at coindesk.com. Do also please send us questions you'd like us to address on the Spotify Q&A. Follow us. And if you like the show, please leave us a five-star rating on your platform of choice. Markets Daily is produced and edited by Michelle Musso with executive production by Jared Schwartz. I'm Noel Atchison for Coindesk. We're back tomorrow with more market news and insights.